Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we conclude Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 32 and Conclusion. I told you to watch them, whispered Maria loudly, looking up from the file cabinet she was digging through. Come on, they came too. We've got to go. Hang on, she said through clenched teeth, clearly frustrated. Now, Maria, they're coming, exclaimed Charlie. It wasn't a good move. The loudness of his voice gave the creep brothers time to get a fix on where the sound had come from. Maria pulled a manila folder from the cabinet, left the small office to Charlie, who stood there with a blank look on his face and a 38 special in his hand. She grabbed him by the wrist and pulled. You might as well just stay there, said Philip Santiago. They turned to see him looking at them through a space between the boxes. Charlie raised the gun. Maybe you should just stay there, he said. But the fact of the matter was he couldn't shoot the creeps. Somehow, they seemed to sense that. So did Maria. With the might she had in those pretty, delicate little shoulders, she leaned into the aluminum shelf, sending it toppling, boxes and all, on the Creep Brothers. They ran now. Maria grabbed Charlie by the wrist. Through the front of the darkened store they went. Before an eye could blink or a thought could be had, instinct had them wrestling with the front door, trying to get out. They didn't have the key, though, and yanking and pulling was getting them nowhere. Taking a look behind them, found the creeps. Fresh from their swim in a sea of boxes, angry and needing to stop their enemies, they darted toward the couple as they stood trapped at the store's entrance door. Taking a lesson from Maria's trick with the shelves, only moments before, Charlie put his shoulder into the door. It moved, but only barely. The brothers were grinning as they now had the couple cornered and walked slowly toward them. Maria looked up at Charlie, together, in danger, no fear. Once more, Charlie lowered his shoulder and laid into the door with all of his might. It didn't take much, or so it seemed, but the door smashed with glass crinkling in every direction. Again, Maria grabbed him by the wrist as they took off running. There was only a few seconds worth of head start. They headed along the side, then the back toward the rear where the loading dock was. The creeps were close behind, but not there yet. One option, hide. Maria pulled him toward the fire escape, a ladder type that went up the side of the building to the roof. Before the brothers could round the corner to the back of the building, Charlie and Maria were on the roof. Laying at the edge on their stomach on a warm, tar-like roof, they watched the brothers peeking. Charlie could see the outline of one of them. The light wasn't really good enough to tell which one, but he could tell he was pointing at the roof. Not good. Maria whispered into Charlie's ear, let them start up the ladder, then we jump. 
Charlie opened his eyes as wide as they would go to answer her. She pointed to the side of the roof that followed the alleyway. That's where the dumpsters were. Charlie remembered they appeared to be full of boxes. He did as she wanted, and once the first brother started to climb the fire escape, they moved on their bellies like Marines looking for the Taliban in the desert. Once to the edge, they could hear the clinks and clanks of steps on the ladder getting louder. The look on Maria's face could mean only one thing, jump. It really wasn't a jump, though. It was a roll that led to a fall, that led to a dumpster, that led to the smell of rotten flowers, crunching noises, and pain. First Maria, then Charlie. He lay there for a moment, buried in boxes. He took the dumpster on the left. Maria was in the dumpster on the right. Thinking quickly, he knew he must lay still and give the Creep brothers enough time to look over the side and explore the roof. If they got away with this, they might just get away. There was the muffled sound of Creep brother voices from above. Frantic sounding, they were rattling off the sounds of confusion in rapid-fire Spanish. Footsteps from above, then voices were gone. The sounds faded like a lone car zooming past and disappearing into a small dot on the horizon until it was no more. The coast was clear. Now the sound of the boxes that covered them being tossed off and around their bodies was next. Like trying to keep their heads above water, they eventually poked up free of the rotten flowers and boxes, cardboard, and other various items that had cushioned their fall. Their first move was to check one another. You okay? asked Charlie. Yeah. Maria's voice sounded strained, like she'd had the wind knocked out of her. I think they're gone. We've got to get to the car. Climbing out of the trash dumpster was proving to be harder than the fall. Charlie lost his grip after grabbing onto something stuck to the side of the large steel container. No telling what it was. All he knew was it was slimy. Maria was having a little bit better luck, and finally they were both able to get out. Where's the gun? She asked Charlie frantically. He hadn't realized he'd dropped it. The fact that he'd lost it and the alarm it caused him could be seen on his face. We don't have time to look for it. Let's go. Once again, Maria was pulling Charlie along by the wrist like a mother walking Junior through a crowded mall. Charlie and Maria were running now. A quick peek around the corner showed no sign of the Santiago's. Good. Relief. Now was their chance. In a full sprint that reminded Charlie of track practice in junior high school, they went straight for the Range Rover. Just like in junior high school, he wasn't the first one there. He did a good job of catching the keys as Maria pulled them from her pocket and tossed. Getting in, turning the key in the ignition, and throwing the expensive SUV into reverse were almost one action. Tires squealed and the engine revved as Charlie threw it into drive, forcing them 
up against the backs of their seats. He made it to the driveway and looked for oncoming traffic. That's when he noticed the sick look on Maria's face. What? He insisted. They were sitting in the Mercedes waiting for us, she explained. A quick look in the rearview mirror gave a blurry view of a quickly approaching Mercedes Benz. It slammed into the back of the Range Rover, sending Maria and Charlie lurching forward. He punched the gas and propelled them into their busy street. An oncoming car had to slam on their brakes and fishtailed to keep from hitting them. That gave the creeps enough time to follow closely behind, only inches away from the bumper of the Range Rover. They followed Charlie's speed easily as it increased. They had not been out onto the main street long before the rear windshield shattered what seemed like a million cubic zirconians spread all through the sky and onto the street. The creeps had shot at them. Charlie turned right sharply at the intersection, blasting through a red light and barely missing an oncoming car. The creeps were close behind. Another intersection was in sight. There were no cars in front of them, but the light had just turned yellow. There was something else too, more flashing lights. Charlie couldn't make out what it was until the blaring whistle of an oncoming train deafened them to every other noise. Go, yelled Maria. Charlie hesitated. Do it, she cried. He punched it. The wind of the speeding train actually caused the Range Rover to sway as the train rushed by behind them now. Enrique and Philip weren't so lucky. There was a loud crunching sound, the squeal of the train's brakes, and a huge fireball. Things that Charlie did. Conclusion. She was mentally gone now, helpless. The Alzheimer's disease had taken her to a place far away, a place of no return. That's why the Santiago's had been together in Colombia that day. Besides running the family business and planning their return to Mexico, their mother needed tending to. Compassionate little creeps. Ironic. Funny how their love for their mother didn't keep them from self-destruction, though. Charlie and Maria often talked about how all that turned out. If it wouldn't have been for Maria risking her life to get that manila folder that day, the one that held the necessary legal documents, allowing the Santiago fortune to go to Philip and Enrique, the money would probably have gone to the Colombian government. Instead, it was now set up to take care of Mama Santiago in her old age with the most expert medical care in the world. Then, the money would be donated to the schools in Cuidad Norte and San Miguel to hand out as college scholarship money to deserving students. Philip and Enrique were wherever crooks go when they die. The couple was proud of what they'd done as they sat on their horses in California watching the tide roll in. Getting spirit transported to California took some doing, 
but once the horse was comfortable with the surroundings of a new home, the hassle was certainly worth it. Looking at Maria sitting atop the horse was one of Charlie's most favorite things in life now. The small, one-quarter carat pear-shaped diamond on her left ring finger was starting to look tight as her fingers were getting a little puffy in this, her sixth month of pregnancy. The tide closing in on Mandy's knees, Charlie reached into his pocket, pulling out a symbol of the past, a leather necklace with a turquoise stone. Maria had long since gotten rid of hers. He had held on that just like he'd held on to his past. He chunked it as far as he could, and with it, all that tagged along behind him. Maria smiled. In all the time I've known you, you've never told me what the T stands for in your name. The water was getting higher now. Come on, let's go home. He turned Mandy toward the hill and helped his pregnant wife turn spirit as well. They galloped water playfully splashing until they made it to a dry portion of the hill. Charlie, the T, what's it stand for? Charlie responded with a smile, together. And so ends what I have to tell you about the things that Charlie did. It's certainly not the end of the story, though, and in many ways it's the beginning, the start of new lives where money isn't everything. Life to Charlie is now a series of collisions with other souls. Some good, some not. The good ones stay connected. That's not fake. Together, in danger, no fear. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed Things That Charlie Did, and you'll listen to the next book, Shadow Walker. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.